0: Prof, good evening to you and welcome. Uh, Good evening. Prof, let's maybe start off here. Uh, If you could just give us some background here and uh, context uh, to not only uh, what gave rise to this letter or this open letter being written to the president, but also, uh, I guess, in the context of some of the global interventions from a macroeconomic perspective uh, that have been done to stem this crisis and uh, where this group of hundred felt that our interventions here at home fell short. Professor Swilling? Professor Swilling? ah, Let's try and re-establish Professor Swilling there on a much, much better line than what we have. We're in conversation with uh, uh, Professor Mark Swilling from the University of Stellenbosch and the Development Bank of Southern Africa. Professor Mark, I certainly hope we have you back there on a much better yes, line.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Yes, I
0: don't know how much of my question you managed to hear. Yeah
1: you were asking about the, the the context and background.
0: Yes, 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 yes.
1: Well, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a it's a it's a group of people uh, who have been who are very involved in their respective fields, uh, and felt they needed to come together to articulate a, a shared position, which basically says to government: you can do a lot more, and you need to do a lot more, especially from the perspective of poor people's needs.
0: Mm, mm. And, uh, I mean, surely that would have also been uh, a response informed, yes, by what uh, this group would have heard by way of interventions from the government and also looking at some of the interventions that have been explored elsewhere. Uh, Talk to me about, I guess, uh, you know, if if any, uh, whether or not you saw divergence uh, in terms of the quanta of uh, interventions and support extended here in South Africa compared uh, maybe to what we've seen internationally.
1: Well, if you look at the fiscal stimulus uh, in South Africa compared to uh, what it looks like um, internationally, ours is, a, is, is minuscule as a, as a percentage of GDP, whereas many other countries, admittedly more developed countries, have, um, have got uh, fiscal stimulus going in over, you know, 8, 10, 15% of, of GDP, massive, massive, massive quantities of, of, of cash plus all sorts of other interventions in order to cushion the blow, support businesses in Denmark, uh, guarantee uh, wages of workers uh, in Ireland, nationalize the private medical industry, etc. etc. So there's a very, very, very ambitious, large scale response in many other places in the world, and uh, we don't think that our response matches up to that.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and maybe talk me through, I guess, some of the shortcomings you've seen in the South African response. I mean, you, you spoke earlier on about where some of the relief efforts are needed the most and uh, you feel that some of that isn't being extended to where it's needed the most we've spoken certainly on this platform about uh, many of the gaps that we see might be that in the informal sector or even some of those that uh, have already fallen through the uh, cracks of the existing social wage system i mean if you're between the ages of 18 and 59 able-bodied economically active uh, or economically inactive uh, unemployed or have given up the job search, uh, you probably have uh, fallen through the net of uh, what's provided for uh, by way of our social grant system and even our social wage more broadly. Uh, uh, Is that where you saw the gaps? And if so, where else did you see them?
1: Yeah, I mean, we've we've suggested five interventions. Firstly, support households and communities, particularly poor households and communities. Secondly, protect workers. Thirdly, sustain businesses. Fourthly, strengthen public health interventions. And fifthly, strengthen the economy those are our, our, our kind of five sets of interventions. And under each one, there are three or four uh, specific interventions. Uh, so the one that you refer to really is about income transfers. Uh. Um, uh, the UIF uh, is, is government policy, but it, it only doesn't affect a whole bunch of people who haven't been employed before. Um and, uh, you know, food security, how do we get massive quantities of food out to people? Um, in Rwanda, the president is personally coordinating the distribution of free food uh, uh, to people. Uh, why can't we do the same? So, you know, those are the kinds of interventions we're talking about. And what about people who are facing uh, evictions because they can't pay their mortgages, they can't pay their rentals? Uh, you know no evictions must 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 must, must take place uh, there needs to be guarantees of wage payments by by companies uh but we also need very significant policy interventions we need uh, the budget must be revised the minister of finance says it's not necessary um, The reserve bank must come to the party by lowering interest rates um, The
0: governor says no. What would you say, say, uh, Professor Mark? I mean, to people who say, uh, just on those two fronts, both the fiscal and the monetary, who would say on the fiscal side of things, uh, the scope and the room to maneuver is already constrained with where our budget deficit is, where our debt to GDP is, and there's no room to maneuver. And even maybe on the monetary side of things, you've been... 100 basis points over the last week or so, uh, you know, uh, 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 refinancing operations uh, more frequent now and also uh, some injections uh, uh, from a liquidity perspective into the banking sector that hopefully will get to households. So, you know, I mean, some people on the other side might say that uh, we've done what we could have done on the fiscal and the monetary side. Uh, Why do you think we could do more?
1: Well, I mean, those are all significant steps. And we make that very clear at the in the beginning of the letter. Those, those are all steps in the right direction. It's just not enough. Mm. Uh, so you can't in in a world where the global economy is crashing and disintegrating, still fiddle around with percentages of debt to GDP ratios as if as, as if it's business as usual. The, the the objectives have changed completely. This is about saving lives. This is about well-being. This is about health. This is not about how we grow an economy. We have to we have to throw the kitchen sink at this. We have to get all the we have to have a wealth tax. Uh, we we we're going to have to borrow more. We're going to have to print money. Uh, we are going to have to do things that were unthinkable before, because we have to save lives.
0: Mm, mm. And and maybe let's I guess talk about that because I like the point you're making that this is so unprecedented that uh, we might have to do things that. Uh, uh, prior to this we, we might have thought unimaginable and uh,
1: exactly.
0: uh, I'm quite interested in what that looks like certainly when we extend support to the informal sector I've seen a few proposals floating about uh, some of which are very interesting making use of technology uh, and trying to reach many of those uh, who are said to be hit the most by this in the informal sector uh, what does this us suggest ought to be done in that particular space? Well
1: there's a, there's a whole a bunch of references to you know things like food security, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, um, access to better health services by integrating and connecting the public and private health uh, sectors. Uh, it's about um, um, a, 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 a a corona a, a COVID nineteen grant uh, that would go out through the social grants uh, system universal basic income grant, you know, those kinds of things. But um, I think what we also need to face, and we don't really say this in the letter, just my view, is that uh, social distancing, which is a a strategy that we've we've drawn down from the European context, doesn't Mm. work in an informal settlement. So there are about 5 to 8 million people living in informal settlements. They can't social distance. What is the alternative for them? How about, you know, block or neighborhood or community level Um, uh, protection where people you monitor who comes in and out of the community but you can't ask people to to self-isolate within those communities. Mm. You know, Mm. so we've got a whole set of conditions here that Isolation doesn't apply to what is the more creative alternatives and maybe the security forces should be helping communities to protect themselves rather than penetrating communities and beating people up because they they're not social distancing. Mm -hmm.
0: You make certainly a very interesting point because uh, uh, many of the breaches in compliance to this lockdown have happened. Uh, uh, in a more pronounced fashion, in many of the informal settlements, where you know just compliance uh, certainly doesn't make sense in the context that one would find themselves in. I mean, um, so so I, I guess the point is very well made. Like maybe the other bigger question now is, now that this letter has been released, it's been sent to the president. Have you received any communication uh, uh, from the presidency in response to this, uh, or or any other, uh, I guess uh, response that says yes, we've received the letter and uh, uh, these are the next steps.
1: Uh, there have been, yeah, for sure. There are quite a number of uh different levels of interactions with different people. I mean, we are all, uh you know, quite well-known people in our own right, and we all have our network connections to all sorts of people in government, and many of us are, you know, uh involved in very significant government structures and, and processes and committees. So, yeah, there's lots of linkages, Uh and the conversation now is moving, you know, where do we want this to land? Uh, what's the what's the form of engagement? All the all the messaging out of government is, this is great, uh, you're saying the right things. Let's yeah. work out what it means practically.
0: Yeah, yeah. A lot of this depends on how rapidly and how quickly you can deploy some of these things. And I guess the nature, uh, Professor yeah. Mark, of the policy cycle and the cycle of creating laws and regulations, often lends itself to you know trudging along slowly but surely in a very bureaucratic fashion. Um, you know what can be done differently in this context to make sure that, on the implementation front of things, on uh, getting making sure that the relief measures get to where they need it the most, that we can act with speed and also act with effectiveness.
1: Well, I mean, <laughs> the 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 I mean one of the one of the the most serious problems is that uh, over the last ten years or so we've substantially weakened state capacity, um. and the Ramaphosa administration is about rebuilding a capable. State, but we have a long way to go. Um, and and so that is still no excuse. I think there's a lot that can be done. And uh, some of the involvements that I've had where you have an external team working with an internal team uh, actually generates significant results because quite often people on the inside of the system uh, uh, know how the system works, but they lack ideas. The mm. People on the outside have ideas, but they don't know how the system works. And you bring this together, you can actually move quite quickly and i've seen it happen yeah uh, so that 's the kind of thing that I think we need to we need to do we need completely new ways of doing business and it's possible to act quickly mm.
0: uh,
1: and the universities you know have a key role to play and obviously I would say that i'm a professor
0: yeah I mean let's talk about that role I think we 've heard from different mm. sectors of society others putting their money where their mouths are others uh, you know uh, suggesting that they're going to free up some manufacturing capacity we even saw uh, south african breweries deciding to uh, free up some space um in i guess in their distilleries to uh, uh, make something or even in their yeah. brew houses uh, uh, to make hand sanitizer what becomes yeah. the role of um, you know universities uh, in a context where yes we find ourselves in a knowledge economy but this has been a viral attack uh, with uh, uh, a massive uh, clinical and even economic dimensions well, what becomes the role of the academy here
1: Well, uh, you know, people have this uh, very old-fashioned conception of the university as a bunch of uh, you know aging professors sitting in their offices chatting to students and marking papers. Uh, You know, that's like I'm sure you guys do that, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I, I hard, well, I, you I wouldn't. I, I mean, uh, I, I spent five days in my office. Okay, I mean, there's a, no. So, 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 I mean, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a. You will find that an extraordinary range of of, of academics are ex, extremely engaged in their local context, mm. in, in, sec, in in working with industry, working with communities, working with governments. Uh, their students are frequently embedded in all sorts of uh, different kinds of initiatives across the technical sciences, social sciences, natural sciences. Uh, but this is a great opportunity for, for universities to gel that together. Uh, you know, there are stories coming out from universities in other parts of the world who've invented do-it-yourself ventilators. Mm. Um, in the South African context, you know, why can't a, a technical university work with Donnell? Uh, to reorient uh, Danell's very substantial technological infrastructure to manufacture ventilators Mm. uh, within a week.
0: Yeah, or even to Uh, work with some of the auto manufacturers. I mean, we we give them a significant amount of industrial support. Yeah, and
1: those conversations are actually already happening, Mm. Uh, but we have to move, you know, really, really fast. I mean, I think the best thing that universities can do and are doing is actually Uh, use this opportunity to further deepen their engagement with their local community and how a local community is going to uh, respond and survive and and, and in particular help uh, poorer communities.
0: We'll have to leave it there, Professor Mark, and uh, certainly watching uh, this particular process very, very closely. And uh, uh, for some of our listeners who might not be familiar with this letter, I'd encourage you to go on to Ground Up and uh, take a look at this letter. And uh, thank you very much, Professor Mark Swilling, for joining us. Thanks that there was Professor Mark Swilling. He is uh, with the Development Bank of Southern Africa and also uh, a, a extraordinary professor at the University of Stellenbosch and uh, certainly uh, uh, a veteran seasoned mind uh, in uh, the uh, policy space in South Africa and uh, talking to us about this letter that has been put together by just over 100 economists there. And uh, I must add, certainly for you, some of you who might not have seen this, that uh, my name is also on that particular list and uh, I certainly share much of those sentiments as you would be familiar. Uh, that uh, have been shared by Professor Swilling and uh, some of the others that you would find in that letter. And, of course, uh, there are areas the way we disagree, but I think the underlying message is that uh, our response to this point, has been inadequate for what potentially could be down the pike. And I think that's what we ought to be considering, all of us, all in sundry as South Africans. This is not just an effort that's going to require the government. It's going to require all of us. It's going to require the community organization. It's going to require that business. It's going to require that municipality. It's going to require that household. It's going to require all all of us, and uh, on this evening, uh, we're going to leave you like that. Uh, it's just a minute shy of 9 p.m. The man with the music's already here. You stay safe and make sure that you exercise those necessary precautions uh, so that we can all uh, continue with life as uh, we understood it or as we might have to now learn to understand it uh, on the other side of this crisis. But I wish you all the best, take strength, and uh, we'll be with you tomorrow. Same time, same place here on Metro FM Talk. Have yourself a great evening. Nangoku. Susai bangga le ikonom.